Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Value Line Observer, brought to you by the Value Guys. I'm Vern Value. And I'm Val Hughes. And we're 20-year Wall Street veterans that have taken on secret identities, adopted disguises, changed our voices so that we can uh, be with you every week to uh, talk about uh, our unfiltered and unvarnished views on stocks without having to worry about our bosses finding Just out kicking about around it. some ideas after work. Every week we get together and look for ideas in that week's Value Line Investment Survey. This week we're looking at the issue dated October 10th. 2008. Uh, but first, I want to remind everybody that this is for entertainment purposes only. May not be entertaining. We may own all the stocks that we talk about, have other nasty conflicts of interest. In fact, uh, more commonly or more often than not, we don't know anything about what we're talking about. I try not to know too much. Uh, but we always try to uh, that can blind entertain you. ourselves and uh, invite you to listen in. Uh, please visit our website to uh, learn more we about do. us at www.thevalueguys.com. Um, my uh, sentiment for the day, I think, is that uh, I want to remind our listeners that fortunes are made in the ashes of a crash. And <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, if you have any, that's what we've had. We've had a stock market crash. If you have any money left. Basically, the market's that. down 20% in the last three weeks, 25% in the last three months, and a third since the beginning of the year. Ouch. So Ouch. Uh, I, I would say most uh, most steady, eddy, um, can't be panicked, you know, true pros are starting to think that we might be finding a bottom in this market. Really, I thought you were going to say those those are the ones that are jumping. And if, uh, if they're right, it, you really don't need to be a hero. I think you want to look for, uh, you know, stick to high quality, uh, low uh, capital requirement businesses, low uh, debt levels on their balance sheets. Uh, maybe they benefit from demographics, something that would well, drive a GDP though, growth. Well, high quality, though, is apt to do worse off the bottom, wouldn't you say? Uh, perhaps. Worse quality will actually do but better. But if we're going to act now before confirmation of a bottom. Confirmation in what way? What are you talking mm-hmm. about? I, I, I have questions about you, Vern, about your true Well, uh, write them all down. I don't down. even know what you're saying right now. Write it sounds like some kind and, of uh, technician's uh, jargon. Is it? I think our listeners were able to keep up with Yeah, I don't know. In the second half of the show, I'm going to be back with uh, a couple stocks that I think sort of meet those uh, requirements. And uh, one, I guess, that doesn't, but I think is an interesting M&A candidate. Uh, But first, I'm going to turn the show over to um, a frustrated juggler, yet crack pistol shot, Val Hughes. (laughs) What are you talking about? Thank you, Vern. Uh, This is Val. Let's get right to it. The market's been horrible. It's been horrible for value. Uh, So I thought. So I thought. Uh, I'm on the Russell site right now, russell.com. You can dial into some of their indices. And, yeah, everything's down. It is is a bad uh, bad year. Everything year-to-date is down 30%. And I may sound calm, but it's kind of late, and it's well after work, and Vern and I have been out thinking about this for some time, uh, and uh, and so I've had uh, many beverages at this point. But I'm looking here. The Russell 3000 down 32%. Uh, Russell 3000 value down 31. Russell 3000 growth down 33. Everything's down 33. Except guess what? Russell 2000 value. It's terrible, but it's down 23%. Actually, the best performing index, which is uh, unbelievable. Um, 
Anyway, there will What's be... What's unbelievable about it? It's unbelievable, but that the index I need to beat to win clients is the best performance. <laughs> it's the toughest one to beat. Index, right. Jeez. So, anyway, we're, we're kind of hanging in. All my best picks are at Val's Best They're Picks. They're only as good as your competition. It's a button on our site, www.thevalueguys.com. You'll see about 50 stocks, my favorite stock, about every other week for the last year or so. Uh, I do think we're in some kind of... Uh, shall we say, uh, period where fear and loss of confidence is involved. I've been studying this panics. Is where I, this is where I wish I had, we had sound effects. Well, I've been we studying. Have a lot of fun. I've we been, could have a lot of fun with this. I'm sure we could. But what I want to do is talk seriously with the mm. listeners about the situation. Please it is serious. Uh, we've been in these before. I've been studying panics. And when you go back and read the accounts at the time, they feel like this. Um, you're not sure what the future holds. We've got a lot of confusion in politics and business. Um, but generally, some of the names we're going to talk about today, I find it very interesting. Uh, generally, you can take the inverse of the 10-year Treasury, which right now is about 3.5%. One, one over that level is uh, about 33 times. The S&P 500 multiple right now is about 11 times. So there's a giant disconnect. Uh, the difference between the implied P.E., if you look at the bond yield, and the actual P.E. is all about the risk premium because people have no frickin' clue what's going to happen, and people like uh, some type of certainty. Well, you're never going to get that. I will tell you that of the uh, 30 panics that I've studied back to 1800, they all ended, and the best year in the history of the country in terms of the economy and the stock market was uh, just recently. So it's all pretty good news from space. And these are great valuations. I'm going to talk about a couple names that haven't been this cheap in some cases ever. And so uh, let's get right into it. First up, and I do go in page number order uh, to well, make thank it goodness easier for, that. for the listener. Acuity Brands, ticker AYI, page 1002. <clears throat> Value Line has the stock printed at 41.76 it's at 33 so that's what's been going on out there and why is that well anything with debt or with exposure to markets that are completely going to hell the stock market just takes toward five that's how things have been feeling this one's on its way um, but they are the uh, one of the largest lighting equipment suppliers both on a uh, residential and commercial side and so people see commercial construction about to fall off a cliff, but I just remind people of this. When you pay 10 or 12 or 15 times earnings for something, you don't even begin to break even until you get 15 years' worth of earnings, 15 times earnings. People don't think about this. If you miss one year, you needed 15 to come out okay. You're going to miss one. So I don't know what all the panic is. Um, it's an opportunity to buy some, get some great valuations. These guys, lighting historically is a high-margin business because it adds a lot of value relative to its cost always had in a, a room. I do. Well, it ends up and being the a proprietary feature. That's not true. These things always get taken out at big premiums. These guys are putting up a 17% return on capital. 
Um, they only lever it a little bit, so they're one of the companies that's going to be okay because they don't have a ton of debt. 25% uh, return on equity. All these numbers are too high, let's face it. Everything's going to be dialed down for next year, but they are a superior earner. Uh, on margin, they're around 14%. Value line thinks they're going to grow 13% on earnings, obviously too high. But even if it's 8 or 7 or 9 or whatever, that's still a pretty good return. Valuation-wise, uh, these guys are going to do 5 bucks in gross cash flow this year. That's probably too high. Who knows? But stock's now 33, so it's probably around 6 times gross cash flow. Uh, there's a little bit of CapEx. That's probably to step up capacity, which they now don't need. So they'll be dialing that back. Uh, and they're selling probably at around uh, 10 times free cash flow. That's 10% cash on cash. And if you get even a 10% return, you're around 20%. I could go uh, into some more detail, but that would mean more work on this than I've actually done. So Acuity Brands, uh, what else can I tell you? Value Line says they're operating in a tough environment. So uh, we all are. Yeah, that seems to be in the stock. Give me Balance a break. Balance sheet looks solid. My, the dog ate my uh, homework. And uh, let's see. That's about it here. I mean, good growth, good valuation. I was good on the train, lighting. and this guy opened the window, and my papers just flew right out of the of the train. Train. You're kidding me. That's crazy. My windows don't open. I mean, what train were you on, my friend? That's it's not pretty important. crazy. It's not important. All right, page on. 1063, Intel, I-N-T-C. Never uh, heard of it. What's with you tonight, Vern? Are you on something? I'm trying to. Are you on? I'm trying to. Have you taken develop some, some energy? Uh, yeah. How, well, well, it's not working. Okay? Well, I'm afraid our say, listeners are falling asleep. No, that's because you keep interrupting, mm -hmm. and they're turning off the show. I'm telling you, they want good ideas. This is the time for good ideas. Intel. In, thank you, thank you. Uh, 1063 Intel. Now, what's my theme here? They're the cheapest. Mm. I ha Look, this is not a comedy <laughs> show. I want to give some information. Uh, cheapest capital good provider. Chips are a small piece of a PC price. They're cheap, and they're high productivity. So I like that. These guys have a high market share, near monopoly in this area, and they're cheap as hell. Um, they basically have put AMD... Uh, not out of business, but AMD had to split itself into two pieces today just to hope to survive because Intel's R&D budget every year was uh, bigger than about four years of AMD's entire sales. And they just put them out of business with, uh, with great R&D, and maybe there was a little, uh, a little price war that, you know, oops, they won and forced AMD out uh, when the government wasn't looking, what have you. Um, what I like about these guys, it's, it's eight times gross cash flow, 14 times free. That's cheap as this ever gets. It's trading at a discount to the market PE right now. And even if everything goes to hell, it's going to go to hell less quickly for Intel because if you're going to cling to any hope of ever having a job in your life, you're going to need a PC. Let's face it, you're not going to be out cutting wood in the forest or something like that. You're going to get a PC, and you're going to try to write a song or write a spreadsheet or do something or be a lawyer or what have you, and they're right in the smack middle of it with a, with a monopoly. Uh, they've had a little margin pressure due to notebooks. That's good. They're gaining share. They've put AMD a little bit out of business. Uh, not exactly, but kind of. Um, what else can I tell you? They have a ton of cash. So they've got $2 billion of debt on the balance sheet, but $11, $12 billion of cash. When you start doing the math, um, you know, Value Line puts up this market cap number over to the left, $105 billion. Well, 
Intel's down 10% since this was printed four days ago. So that's now $95 billion. Um, you add back the debt, which is 2 that's uh, 97 and then you add, uh, you subtract out the cash. So where am I at at that point? 95. Uh, <laughs> Challenging. Me. 84. Thanks for leading us through cap. that step by uh, step. Divided by, and then for operating margin, I'm going to take sales times the operating margin. I get about 15 billion over there. So I'm, I'm around five times, five and a half times, and that's pretty cheap for Intel. Uh, what else can I tell you here? They've got some new products coming out next year, but, of course, they always do. The biggest thing with Intel is the stock hasn't moved. I mean, it's up and down, but they've basically sidelined AMD, and they've, they're now on Apple's machines, which are gaining share, so they're increasingly dominant, uh, and uh, you can buy it at the cheapest valuation it's ever been, very cash flow positive, no debt, basically, on the balance sheet, INTC, page 1063. And then finally... A related idea to Intel uh, is Dell, although, uh, and that's page Never heard of it. 1105. The thing that's interesting with Dell is while Intel is a monopoly theme, I can hardly argue that Dell has a monopoly. It's a commodity that uses a monopoly inside of it. In fact, where you look at uh, Intel's operating margins are 38%, which says monopoly, Dell's operating margins are 7%, which says commodity. Uh, and they're so low that hardly anyone can make any money in this business. I mean, imagine trying to build a computer and then only add 7% to the cost of what you built it for. You're not going to cover your phone bill. But, in, but Dell manages to do it with amazing logistics, asset turnover, and systems. And giant scale. And giant scale. They're putting up a 40% return on capital. That's unbelievable. They lever it a little bit, 50% return on equity. And this isn't a company that just went public. I mean, they've been putting up these numbers for 15 years, so they're real. It's not uh, uh, just because they invented something and it, you know, the, well, the, they, the equity hasn't smoothed uh, out yet. Perfect the manufacturing model and then sell the manufacturing and assembly business to somebody else and just. Uh, no, they do their own manufacturing. They what their edge is, in my opinion, is their distribution. They only have one stage. It's mail order, so they don't have to ship to someone who then has to sell to someone, and then they share with someone. They get all the money for themselves because they're not sharing with retailers. And they have put a little product out into the channel, but the bulk still goes through, uh, you know, basically a direct marketing channel. And with the Internet, you're increasingly these doing are, your own work to fill out a form. Think about that. These are pretty anti-social companies that you're recommending. Uh, I, I mean, what? What well, are you talking Intel, about? I think three different times you chortled about Intel driving their primary competitor out of business. That's the beauty of capitalism and why we progress. It's the best uh, best quality at best price wins, and other people are uh, not winning. Now Dell's you, winning because well, HP. Don't. You know, here's the deal. HP was thought to be behind, and then you know suddenly someone came in and f supposedly fixed HP. How going on a buying spree, an acquisition spree to hide the truth of each business and bury things? I question HP. The problem with Dell, uh, two years ago they were a little behind the eight ball. Why did everyone think Dell was in trouble? Well, their growth, I don't know why. Well, their growth slowed, uh, their returns fell, and Michael Dell came back he out of retirement. He was sailing or something, yeah, wasn't he? Yeah, well, of course. He got yeah. rich and went on Bungie vacation, jumping. but he came back to save the company. We commented at that Snowboarding. time. Snowboarding. I don't know, Mr. Dell. I don't know what he okay. does. 
but uh, let me just say that what he did is he came back and he started beating people up to build a decent notebook. For two, three years, Dell didn't have a notebook. You go into the marketplace, you want a lightweight notebook with battery power, Dell's out of business. So they've come back strong with something in that category that you can actually buy, and it actually works, and that's powerful. And the other thing they did was a few years ago, they bought the Primo Gamer uh, Company, and I forget the name of it. I should remember it, but it's like Demon or Monster or something, and they make the fastest, meanest game machines uh, laptop and desktop, and for a while they were trying to do their own gamer brand that it was basically ripping off this legacy brand, and they finally shut their own thing down. So they've put a lot of power into what really may be among the most powerful PCs uh, in business, and that's what I like about them. Uh, valuation, it's about four times uh, EBITDA. So you got to look at Dell. Uh, right now, it took a big hit this week. Page eleven oh five. I took a look and just kept Dell. on, just kept well, on walking. Well, it's cheap and powerful. I didn't get into any of the detail here. Commodity, but they're gaining commodity product, but proprietary distribution and cost structure, which is why they keep winning market with share. consumer the Walmart spending. Model. With consumer spending, Walmart model. shrinking, people more inclined to save. They're going to stretch. The lives if you're going to buy one thing, sir, you're going to buy a computer. Yeah, but I'm not going to buy a new one this year. I'm going to wait till next year now. Okay, good. Wait till your uh, none of your programs operate. Mm. Yeah, you don't have to be vindictive about uh, well, it. Well, that's what's going to happen. Hey, anyway, I lost my job and gas a, costs four dollars a gallon. A lot of ado this week because uh, he bought the drinks. Vern Value. Vern, take it away. That's not really true, but thank you. Nice sentiment. Yeah. I hmm. thought it was true. I wonder why you... Uh... Well, let's not focus on that, shall we? What is true about what we say? I, I, very little. Right. Very little. Yeah, there's your lesson. In fact, these aren't even our real names. Um, I'm going to uh, start with... This is an interesting issue this week. It's uh, It's everything electrical. Really, electrical equipment, electronics, semiconductors, semiconductor equipment to make the semiconductors, computers and peripherals to put the semiconductors in, electronics to hook it all together, and office equipment and supplies industry to sell it to you, so in service it maybe, or at least take it back for you. But, maybe. Uh, um, so a, a space where I think I want to be very careful um, in the teeth of a nasty recession. I sure don't want to be paying up for uh, forecasts that are, um, you know, for uh, continued strong growth. Um, so I, I'm very interested in stocks that have been beaten up, um, maybe even left for dead, and where I have some kind of, you know, I have quality, and I have a long-term track record, and I have a long-term theme for them. And so my first one's EMC, uh, which is the symbol, of course. Everybody knows EMC. Uh, and here Not my, uh, my theme, EMC, I have two themes right? here. Well, one, one basic I don't know theme, it. interrelated themes. Um, the, and the theme is broadband. And broadband. The, and the, the increased um, storage requirements uh, for the massive files created um, mm -hmm. uh, in a broadband world, if you will. EMC designs, manufactures, markets, and supports high-performance storage products and software and related services. Okay. Dell accounted for 12% of revenue in their recent second right, quarter. Right, right, because they're hammering them on price. They do uh, about 55% of their business in the U.S., 30% uh, in Europe, 11% uh, in Asia. 
and uh, they've been growing nicely. Um, the uh, valuation, the stock uh, value line printed an eleven ninety six price, about twelve dollars. Um, stock's really closer to ten and a half, so it's not fifteen times earnings. It's not at uh, it's still at a premium to the market, but uh, uh, at ten and a half dollars, we're close to lows that we've seen in five out of the last seven years. Stock's down sixty percent from its highs. Um, some of this volatility created by VMware and the collapse in VMware's price, but. Uh, nevertheless, we're uh, near the lowest levels that we've seen, you know, consistently over most of the last decade. Uh, price at about nine times gross cash flow, uh, but becomes eight when you uh, factor out about uh, two, almost two and a half billion dollars of net cash on the balance sheet. There's debt, but they have more cash. Uh, mm. The enterprise value then is less than the market cap. Value line, of course, printed a twenty-four point eight billion dollar market cap, but that's at twelve dollars. At 10.57, it's closer to 21.8. Take off 2.4 billion in net cash. I have an enterprise value of 19.4 billion, about three billion dollars of EBITDA according to Value Line, or about a six and a half multiple. So I mean, really a real premium name here. Um, the margins are running around the 20% level right now. Um, that's as good as it's been uh, all over the same period of time. This last six seven-year period of time. If they were to fall to the 15-ish kind of level, which is the low over that period, your multiple is still only eight. Value line's calling for uh, double-digit growth in earnings, cash flow, et cetera. Um, I think you, uh, I mean, you know, in the panic of 08, uh, a high-quality storage name went on sale, and uh, I'd take a look at EMC here. Um, similar, uh, Can similar, I ask a question on yeah, that one, Bert? Go ahead. What's their return on capital. Oh, do I have to talk about return on only capital? If you get the question. Um, it's only about ten percent. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they uh, they have a tendency to make um, uh, the occasional acquisition that uh, I see. You know, they pay up far because they have such uh, tremendous uh, distribution prowess that they have such a great platform that they're going to create tremendous amount of value with what they buy, and doesn't always work out that way. Ah, uh, Hubble. What have you? Um, this is in the electrical equipment industry. I don't really know this company. Um, reading the description, they make electrical equipment for commercial, industrial, and utility customers. I looked at that. They have low-voltage products, wiring devices, lighting fixtures, and devices for hazardous locations. I think we need more of these things. Electricity I think around the share, world people no want question. more of them. Uh, they also have high-voltage products. And well, you um, want both. included sure. in Full these line. in this area are things called insulators and surge arresters for Who power cares? transmission. You need all that stuff. Well, but this is what's important. One of my themes here, power transmission, is infrastructure and power transmission capacity. You know, there's a, a, a lot of debate going on about how we're going to uh, reduce uh, carbon dioxide emissions and uh, uh, try to uh, arrest the uh, growth of greenhouse gas emissions. One of the ways to do that is with a variety of different uh, clean power initiatives, and chiefly among those, people are kind of in love with the idea of uh, wind power, wind turbines. Uh, One of the problems is that where you find the greatest concentrations of high wind sources that would give you the best yields and the highest returns on this kind of investment, you have no established electrical transmission capacity. So you're also looking at a need to spend billions of dollars just to build the the wires that are going to connect the wind turbines to the rest of the grid. Well, microwave. I'm sorry? Microwave transmission, perhaps. Perhaps. We'll see. 
uh, perhaps a combination. But in any event, uh, the, this country is underinvested in transmission uh, assets for probably at least two decades, if not longer. And Hubble's a nice little play on that. They only do about 14% of their sales outside the U.S. So for a lot of manufacturers right now that have big overseas businesses, they're seeing a lot of pressure on their reported numbers created by uh, the strengthening dollar. Uh, currency translation is starting to go the other it's way be a now. Big problem for a lot of people. Um, in cases, I I think we're already we've already seen enough change in the value that if you get out a couple quarters, you might be looking at ten or fifteen percent um, uh, negative effect on the translation of those sales uh, in Europe. So um, here's a company that's going to be a little bit insulated from that because they don't do much outside the U.S. Uh, they recently announced three acquisitions. Um, I don't think they're terribly large. Um, this is a $2 billion equity market cap company with another $500 million of debt, $200 million of cash. Uh, they apparently uh, just raised $300 million in the debt markets. Um, I mean, past tense, so they were apparently able to access uh, credit markets before everything seized up. So it's included in all these numbers. The enterprise value uh, compared with the operating margin times sales, or what we refer to as EBITDA, so um, we think you know from it. the value line um, uh, uh, table, uh, gives me about a six times multiple, which you know, ladies and gentlemen, is a is a really nice price. Let me put it to you a different way: the PE at the top of the page, at a thirty-five dollar printed price, was eight point eight times a forty percent discount to the market. Well, the price is actually $30 and change today. So that multiple is something in a seven, um, in a seven kind of range. And uh, that compares with average PEs at a minimum of 12 for the last 15 years of history that Value Line shows here. Um, yielding 4% on the dividend right now. Maybe with a history payout, doesn't matter. For only around a third. No, I, I think there's... Uh, this is one of the uh, situations where, um, you know, company fundamentals are not terribly important in markets like this, except when you do something that makes you stand out, like really missing a quarter or lowering yeah, do your something guidance. Bad, or, and right. that's what matters. But, but doing good isn't going to distinguish you right now. So uh, Hubble's been sold off along with uh, other lower quality names, and I think this will be a, a great um, this is a great opportunity to buy a really high quality asset at five times gross cash flow, six times free cash flow. Uh, like I said, not a lot of you know moderate financial leverage, not a lot of overseas exposure. They have a secular story. Value Line's looking for double-digit earnings growth, at least 20% uh, projected average annual returns on the stock. I mean, come on, folks. Hubble, H-U-B-B, it's a Class B stock. I don't know why. Uh, I don't know why you can't buy the A's. There well, must the directors own 56% of that, that right? class. Does yeah. it say that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 54% of 54. Class A. Yeah, mm -hmm. how about that? So that'll unwind at some yeah, point. Yeah, at some point. And then uh, my last name that I'm going to talk about this week, how am I doing on time? Oh, just fine, aren't I? Is, um, I, how, we were joking. What the, uh, how, do you know how to pronounce this? The symbol no. is K-L-I-C. Kalika and Safa? I don't know. Uh, Value Line printed this uh, with a stock price of 450. It's actually 355. I just so, call it Kukla Franinali. Kukla That's Franinali. how I remember. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, I, this I, will, I went looking in the semiconductor capital equipment industry, which has been under tremendous pressure already, and where conditions may well get worse. Of course, but the they stocks will. have collapsed in the face of uh, 
uh, of weaker demand, and um, I, you know, arguably discounting a lot of what's happened. And I think if this turns out to be a protracted downturn, it's only logical that we'll see consolidation. And so I'm interested in names where I don't really have any financial leverage. I don't want I don't want debt to stand in the way of somebody coming after me and buying me. And uh, Kulik and Safa also has this uh, interesting capital structure that they did that value line details in their capital structure box over on the left-hand side of the page, you'll see that it says they have $247 million of total debt. But that includes $65 million, which are really convertible subordinated notes due in 2010 that pay a 1% coupon. There's also $72 million that pay a half a percent cheap coupon that's due in 08. Now, they're convertible into, care, into uh, shares, so you say, ah, well, it's not really debt, right? Uh, you won't have to pay them off because they'll convert the, into the shares. No, they won't. Um, one of the issues is convertible at $13 a share, the other one at $20 a share. So these debt issues are going to mature. Kulikon Safa is going to pay them off, and they will have borrowed money over an extended period of time at between you know a half and 1% mm-hmm. coupon. So nice. they have $180 million of cash on their balance sheet. They'll need uh, about, um, well, they're going to need almost, uh, this year they need the what? The $72 million to pay off, and then um, shortly they'll face another $65 million. But um, uh, it means that the 63% of capital that's represented by debt dramatically overstates the amount of financial leverage they really have because it's the interest expense that you pay that mm-hmm. creates the financial leverage that everybody I'm refers to. Um, I, I, I have a, uh, a very difficult-looking valuation on current earnings because earn, current earnings are down tremendously from the P, most recent peak in 2006. We have no idea what they're going to be. No, and I, I have no clue. But the best numbers that Value Line is willing to project going forward is about nine hundred million in revenue compared with seven hundred last year and an eight and a half percent operating margin. Well, twice in the last ten years, they've earned sixteen percent or better. So if I take the nine hundred million and I use a sixteen percent margin instead of the eight and a half, instead of eventually having earnings power of a dollar, it's a dollar eighty. The stock's three and a half. I can buy this company for two times earnings power. This is the kind of number that private equity even will take a strong look at. And everybody knows how many billions of dollars are sitting on the sidelines waiting and looking at uh, you know, you know, high-quality um, public market assets that are on sale are going to get uh, – they're going to get bought not necessarily by competitors or other uh, manufacturers, uh, distributors, marketers, product designers in their own industry. Um, so take a look at this. Uh, there's been some action here. They've got an agreement to acquire a business. They're issuing some stock and going to use some cash for that. But at the same time, they're selling a different business for $150 million. So there's some portfolio changes going on here. That will alter some of this capital structure and cash okay, Vern, you're out of analysis. Time but, yeah. uh, folks, uh, you'll want to do a little homework edit there. a lot to, of this out because to, we're way over to now. Find, I didn't know. Why didn't you warn me before? I mean, the clock's right. We got a clock. I now. wasn't paying any attention to the yeah, clock. Okay, well, folks, that's why I'm really you're sorry. Get it out. Really sorry. We went over favorite idea this week from Vern is Hubble H U B B the Class B stock. And Val, uh, favorite idea because of the monopoly, really Intel, I N T C. Thanks. See you next week.